Hi, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Beyond Predictable, the podcast where we talk about the future and how our retexas has been shaping it into reality. I'm Manu Polito, a talent acquisition analyst here at Vitex, and I will be the host of this week's episode. I guess you can say that my job is to help Vitex scale our workforce by bringing the best talents that can add to our culture. But today, I will have the pleasure to guide you as we tell the story of someone that has been already shaping the future of digital commerce for the better. If you are guessing who that is, today's episode brings the insights and authenticity of Aline Silas Kolonisk. Vitex head of value-add services. That is to say, she is in charge of our logistics, customer care, and solutions front. Aline has been with us for about two years now, helping us streamline supply chain process to ensure customer satisfaction. Even before working her efficiency magic here, though, she had already built a career that evolved side by side with Brazilian e-commerce landscape itself. We are going to discuss the turning points of her career and how the decisions she made were carried out, the future she's ready to bring into reality, and the hints she has for the next wave of leaders joining the game. So please hold on your headphones and enjoy. Hi, Alini. It's really great to see you. I'm really happy and excited about you here. I had so many questions to ask. Hi, Manu. Thank you very much. I'm flattered by the invitation. Let's see to it that those expectations are met, right? Well, I guess before we talk about some of the ice spring journeys you had throughout your career in the e-commerce uh, segment, we can start from the beginning. So can you tell us a little bit about your background? Sure, Manu. I come from the outskirts of São Paulo, from the first suburbs where people don't usually have much of a perspective in terms of economic growth or social mobility. And I started working with e-commerce in 1999. And I didn't even have a computer at home, you see. And working with e-commerce, even before deciding what career I would venture myself into, uh, made me decide to pursue a degree in business. I had studied at public schools my whole childhood, and I only had the opportunity to get my degree because I earned a scholarship at McKinsey University. And otherwise, my family have been able to afford higher education for me. Okay, so working with e-commerce was the very start of your career. Was this path you planned for your career from the beginning? <laughs> no. Well, when I first entered a university, I actually had a bit of a naive dream of being a diplomat. But I abandoned that notion fairly quickly. I mean, It's a public servant's career that requires years of dedicated studying time in Brasilia. I would have to move out of town and I wouldn't be able to have a job while preparing for it. It became clear that my family was not in a financial position to support me through all that. And not only that, since I started my career in the e-commerce sector, I ended up liking e-commerce much more anyway. I love e-commerce. 
and giving up that dream wasn't so hard once I learned more about the world outside of my neighborhood. I needed to work at the same time, was an undergrad, so I got an assistance position at Submarino. It was operational work, my first real contact with technology, but soon I realized that I was good at the defining process to optimize routines. As time went by, I also became more and more responsible for connecting the needs of different company areas. I believe I'm good at bridging the gap between technology teams and business ones, organizing things, so there's no miscommunication between areas. I think working at Submarino was an experience responsible for guiding all of my career decisions. I was very young, uh, with little work experience, and I had the opportunity to be part of the construction of a new business in Brazil, building a pioneer brand while you were still taking baby steps for e-commerce in Brazil. I didn't have a manual or a go-to book or how to do things or face the challenge I had to face. I had to really dig in and more than anyone else, trust myself and trust that I had the capabilities to, along with an amazing team, build a disruptive business in the Brazilian retail industry. So I can say that I realized that working with e-commerce was my extraordinary commitment after I spent 80 years at Submarino. I had several different positions within their supply chain management, logistics, transport, operations, customer experience, just to name a few. I worked with all of those aspects of an online retailer for the years. And the more I learned it, the more I enjoyed doing it. Oh my, it's really interesting. And, and looking back, you know, looking to all this interesting journey, I would like to know, what would you say was the most important lesson learned during that time? Well, I, I think that managing people with the empathy, I think, as my job became more and more about leading the people around me, I realized that I had to find a way to understand their needs their expectations, and to direct the outcomes we would pursue together accordingly. That is fascinating. And at the end of those 80 years, what was the next challenge you decided to take on? Well, I got an invitation from Walmart to be the manager of all the supply chain of the e-commerce platform they were about to implement. Everything I had done separately at Submarino, I would oversee at Walmart as a full set. It was a big step to take, especially because so many of the structures we have today for digital business, simple didn't exist at the time. But that was also the interesting part of the proposal. And Walmart was just opening its doors in Brazil, so I had to be willing to build everything from the ground up. I had to be available to rise to the occasion at every new setback. And there was no framework in the country to use as a guide. Everyone working there at the time had to breathe in, allow themselves uh, to make mistakes and bounce ideas back and forth until we could develop an excellent process. Wait, so I guess you were part of Vitek's history since that time. For those of you listening, Walmart was the very first customer who implemented an e-commerce operation on a large scale. That's amazing. What was it like to have Vitex as a partner? Yeah, Manu, the context was very different back then, of course. Vitex was much smaller than it's now. 
from a traditional standpoint, considering the proportions of Walmart outside of Brazil, there seemed to be other business that were more solid, more apt to take on the task to provide us our e-commerce platform. Still, getting to know Geraldo and Mariano and seeing their willingness to provide something that hadn't been seen before, the e-commerce leadership in Walmart Brazil was convinced that it would need online systems that were more adaptable and mailable than what other software companies had to offer at the time. Choosing the text to provide Walmart the solution is not a decision I can claim for myself alone, of course. It was just one person in the team that made the push for headquarters to take a step outside the box and give Vitex the contract. But even now, I remember conversations being terms like, these are a bunch of little geniuses. We just have to help them get more organized so they can take off. Needless to say, it worked out well for all sides. Amazing, Aline. It was almost like a meant-to-be situation, right? My experience with Vitex was something a little bit similar to this because I knew Vitex because a really close friend of mine was passing through a hiring process here. So she was really exciting and talking about the company. But I remember that was so, so, I don't know, so happy about the situation, about the company, about the, the opportunity and, and the propose that I was completely influenced. You know, I, I was just looking for Vitex and trying to get what Vitex was doing back that time. I just discovered it was a, a e-commerce company that was a Brazilian company, which is really nice. And it was something really interesting because we were trying to shape something different in the world. We were trying to create different solutions to try to shake the world and, and be a pioneer. So that was really exciting. So a couple months later, this friend of mine was contracted by Vitex, so she was hired. And then... And they had other opportunities and she just referred me back that time. And when I was coming to the process and, and trying to discover a little bit more about what was the opportunity, I, I was uh, so connected with everything that Vitex was doing that was, in fact, easy to say yes for the opportunity. It was a really nice experience. And um, I think that feeling of meant to be and that is important to be a part of this different company with different values, that makes me feel so happy. So looking at your own experience, I guess it's safe to say that Vitex left you with a positive impression since the beginning then. Oh, first of all, thank you, Mano, for sharing your history. Very interesting. I want to know your friend and thank him for bringing you for us. <laughs> and about your question... Absolutely. Even before I came to work here at Vitex, it always made me proud to know my career has touched so many great Brazilian brands. Submarino, Natura, Vitex, all of these are companies that I'm happy to know that I've helped to in some way. Okay, so talking about Natura, that was your next stop in the supply chain journey, right? What was it like to take a position there? Let me take a step back, okay, and make this about not just that change of employers, but about all three jobs I had in the five or six year spent since leaving Submarino, okay? They were in order, Walmart, Natura, and I start up called baby.com.br. It was a moment in my life when I was actively searching for what brings me fulfillment. 
remember, I started off as a kid from the edge of town with realistic dreams that were trade-off for the excitement of a challenge job. And 10 years into that, I began to realize there was so much more to business and a career than just make money or getting a promotion, for example. Some of the limitations to my perspective began to peel off with experience. And the more I learned it, the more I began to discern what was desirable or not for me personally. The jobs I've taken and left at the moment reflected that growing sense of discretion about my goals and affinities. And with that said, I'm eternally grateful for all the opportunities I've had. And I didn't trade a second of them for anything. I learned so many things about managing a supply chain at Walmart, yet I felt the very traditional style of business and culture they harbor to be at odds with my approach. When I felt that I completed my mission of laying down the groundwork of their e-commerce, I decided to try new things at Natura. I didn't last long there and it absolutely is not at any fault of the company. Natura is one of the most inclusive, diverse, and creative environments I've ever worked at. They really value family leadership there, and they will always defend them tooth and nail. I left in the end because of an incompatibility of my rating with theirs. I learned how to do business into ventures that were incredible fast-paced, with relating decision-making process all day long, and I always loved that. In comparison, Natura's workflow was tame and measured with all the passions and ponderation that an industry gets to have to be excellent. I remember my husband telling me, you are always home early, but your face, you don't seem happy, and he He was right. I was too at peace working there. And isn't that a good problem to have? That's for sure. I guess many people wouldn't think it was a problem at all. But if it didn't feel right for you to be there, trying something different is the only way out, right? I'm certainly not wanting to try the same thing twice despite the different results. That's why I bid my goodbyes to Natura and took on an offer from baby.com.br. As the name implies, it was an online store for baby and maternity products, which also seemed very fitting for me at the time, since they hired me in the beginning of my pregnancy of twins. That threw me right back to the whirlwind of building e-commerce value-added service from zero, and I, it felt great until the very last day of maternity leave. Why? What happened then? I was laid off the moment my maternity leave ended and the company was closed shortly after that. Oh my, that must have been devastating. How did you deal with the aftermath of being laid off? Not well, Manu, at first. I was shocked, I'd repressed. It was so different from everything I'd lived before. I was used to being invited for positions, not losing them. And it affected my self-esteem tremendously. And looking back at it, I can barely remember two whole months of my babe's first years. Everything was a blur of what I did do wrong and I should have expected this. Anyway, it all made me come to grips with some of my priorities. 
I reevaluated the importance I give to certain elements of my life. I checked on some of my most self-sabotation behaviors, and it was time to do some job searching. I refused to let it take me down. Fortunately, I didn't spend too long away from the market. Next boss of mine, now a personal friend, worked at Ricardo Electro and he had a job opening for me. That's where I spent the following six years of my career. Well, it's really, really tough situation, Alini. When you share with me this kind of situation, the only thing I can think about is how we as recruiters, and not only from Vitex, but from different companies either, we should really, really be engaged in having share with our candidates the best experience with our hiring process. And because when we look at this contest of a lot of people being laid off and this pandemic scenario, when we have a different professionals trying to see or trying to get a different opportunity, we should be really, really compromised of how we can be responsible with our candidates, how we can um, make sure that they will have the best process, the best interviews, they will not be in any kind um, feel uncomfortable with our questions or with our steps in the, in the hiring process, we really are compromised to share with them all the information about the opportunity of our benefits, so everything, you know. It's really nice to you to talk about this with me because I, I think it just makes me be more and more convinced that this is the best way, you know, to try to, in fact, let them have the best candidate experience they can with our company. This is part of my job as HR, you know, it's part of, I don't know, to try to be different and shake the world with a different experience. So thank you. Well, okay, uh, getting back to our conversation, talking about Ricardo Letro, were there many challenges there? Definitely. To start off, I was in charge not only of e-commerce supply chain, but a physical store as well. That is a totally different world with its own dynamics, and I learned that the hardest way possible by trying to use the same e-commerce strategies I knew and seeing them fall time and time again when applied to walking venues. The process management is so much more complex for physical stores, in my point of view. And that's mostly due to two factors, Manu. One, the public who purchases online is different from the public who buys in person. And two, in order to reach that public, there's no platform adjustment to be made. The connection between retailer and consumer is necessarily mediated by the salesperson. That human link the process makes it so much harder to establish a language that all parties in the transaction speak comfortably. The company message is not displayed only in the website. Either it's translated by the salespersons to the customer. Making all translators stay close to the company's meeting requires efforts that are completely different from optimizing e-commerce, especially considering that at Ricardo Letro there are stores in the whole country. But because of that, I also experienced one of the biggest upsides of working there. I traveled all over Brazil. I think I haven't been to only two of the 27 states. 
And with all the traveling came a lot of firsthand contact with culture and social realities. I could hardly imagine before. I realized how always staying in the Sao Paulo, Rio de Janeiro, metropolitan areas was a limitation to my worldview. By going to distant little towns, I absorbed so many perspectives and necessities that I wasn't aware of before. And that knowledge made me see supply chain process in a new light. For example, it's important to aim for a good profits, of course, but as a retailer, you are just shooting in your own foot if you wriggle too much with the transport service, because they are the ones who reach customers in remote places. A break a transport partner by squeezing them for shipping fees, and suddenly you cannot reach thousands of potential buyers in smaller towns because nobody else makes deliveries there. That's really sounds like an eye-opening experience. So the next stop in your career journey is here at Vitex, right? How did that come to be? Yes, right. Well, Marianne was in touch with Marcelo Ribeiro, an ex-VP at Ricardo Letrum, who recommended me for the projects that Vitex was developing at the moment. It was the beginning of Vitex Log, for example. Of course, I still remember him and Geraldo's stellar work from the Walmart days, and I'd followed some of Vitex's achievements through the years. I was very impressed when Geraldo interviewed ex-president Fernando Henrique Cardoso at a Vitex Day. A few years back, I don't remember when, Vitex seemed like a very promising place to drive my career forward. Uh, it was a solid opportunity to use my expertise in a creative environment, so I decided to take the leap and see where I'd land. Yeah, that's really Vitex face. <laughs> okay, so what were your first impressions working here? Honestly, <laughs> it was really hard in the beginning. I somehow felt like I was stuck or trapped. It was like I didn't speak the same language as the software engineers, and I felt insecure and incompetent when I saw the programming challenges that were ahead of us. I kept the focus too much on the knowledge I lacked, and it stopped me from using the knowledge I actually have. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear you felt like that. My first month with Vitex wasn't like that, but was a little bit crazy too from my experience because I've worked with talent acquisition before, but it was something completely looking at early careers that is pretty different than what we do here at Vitex and which kind of candidates we have in our processes. I was, in fact, an intern, and, and then I was just an analyst with a lot of opportunities, possibilities, and, and different challenges. I was working as a really traditional company, and then I was joining a TA team at the first beginning because it was only five recruiters back that time in a e-commerce company, you know, a, a technology company, a completely different of what I was working with back that time. So it was really, really different for me. I wasn't uh, connect with the kind of positions we were working with or the kind of candidates we were working with. Even the LinkedIn recruiter, I was able to use back that time because I had never used it back that time. And now it's my, my main tool. So it's completely different. Weird in the first moment, I didn't know how to work or how to do the things and to in fact, you know, uh, share 
share with them and, and show them my potential. But I had a lot of great people here at VTEX helping me and just uh, explaining things to me and being really careful with all my development and how I was getting a fit with the teams I was working with. It was really interesting. And I don't know, two or three months later, I was just accountable for three teams at the same time. I was really leading hiding processes for different uh, positions and really, really technical positions. It was a so interesting experience and was a life-changing. I can't be here talking about VTEX all this time because I'm completely passionate about it. But I think in your case, it sounds like you have overcome the moment of insecurity, right? Right. Yeah, it took some time and even a bit of scolding from Geraldo, but eventually I realized that I wasn't hired to become a programmer and learn how to code. I was choosing for the value I bring to the company for what I do best, and that is to scale our supply chain strategies with assortments. I think I also needed to be a bit more humble in some aspects. I understood the supply chain my own way. And now with so many different retailers and their needs, it made me not see several other ways to carry out business that I never would intrude off. Being here became so rewarding once it clicked that I have to keep my mind open, even about I've been doing since forever. That, I think, is an echo of this paradigm for interactions and innovation that is established at Vitex. Here, I have more conversations that make me reflect about the state of things and how to go about changing it. It's like the bar is naturally set high enough to push you out of your comfort zone and to new roles and experience. That's really Vitex mood. <laughs> what about the next steps you want to take on? What future do you envision for yourself and for your work here at Vitex? Well, talking strictly about work, Manu, I'm working now to reshape our logistics to be closer to clients' needs. I don't want to just deliver what a client asked for. I want to cause that sensation. That's what I need all along, reaction, you know, when something surprises you for the better. I want to create solutions for daily issues that clients hadn't even thought of getting altered and that they won't want to do without once they have. In a broader sense, I've reacted to a point in this path where I really feel I have to make a greater social impact. I've come from the edge of town and it was through work that I transformed my life in the sense of finding value at what I'm good at doing. I would like to spread that mindset so young people with a background similar to mine can also have their worldview broadened and in consequence experience increasing opportunities to discover and improve their talents. Working at Vitex, I think, and I hope I'll have the space and time to mature those intentions into something amazing. But, Manu, it's my time now. What about you? I'm curious to hear about what your vision for your future too. Okay, that's challenging. Well, Lini, I think the essence of this future that I'm looking forward to build, it's to shake the world and impact 
make the market more inclusive and diverse for underrepresented groups. So uh, I'm really committed to this. I think we can do more. We can have more and we can have more different profiles. We can have more different people. And these groups should be represented as they are. This group should have space, you know, to work, to build, to create different realities and help not only Vitex, but other companies to be different, to be connected with the future to be more diverse, creative, and innovative. So I'm really committed to this, you know, to make this market more inclusive and diverse. Well, but after that, Aline, I have one last question for you. And I think you must have so many great insights to young professionals that are starting to embrace the deep seas of commerce and technology. So what advice would you give to someone that is starting a career in these industries? Well, thank you question. As I see it, a career can only grow when you take the instance to give your best to every task, to make things happen around you, and to be available and willing to accept the things you wouldn't know yet. People who can stand together with their teens with open arms, without that, I know that already meant sight, are the ones who go further. That is value and worth to every job, in my opinion. No matter how small you start, so it's such a deal breaker when someone shows up with the, I'm the next Bill Gates, and this is a benefit attitude. Also, I think social media has created this pressure for perfection, for checking all the boxes of what other people define that is success before you are 25 or something. And it's incredible, wonderful, both for personal life and professional performance. Of course, you have to do what you like. Nobody's telling you to slave away at a job that drains you. But every position, no matter how interesting or prestigious it is, you have its bad moments. Everyone has a day with a boring meeting to attend, annoying report to write, and completing those tasks is also hold you's value. Well, Aline, thank you so much for sharing with us all this, all your career and this turning point of your career and your journey and a turning point of your personal life too. So thank you so much for everything. It was really inspiring. Thank you, Manu. It was a pleasure and uh, know more about you. It's a um, learn that you left with me too. Thank you. Whoa, Aline is such an upfront and genuine person that I think I could spend the whole day talking to her and I'll get tired. But unfortunately, that's where the interview closes this time around. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beyond Predictable. If you don't want to miss other extraordinary conversations like the one you've just enjoyed, follow the podcast at your favorite streaming service or a DVTX blog. New episodes come out every two weeks, so stay tuned. See you later. Bye.